Hello and welcome to See What the Potty Rika. Uh Aaron here. Just wanted to let our millions of loyal listeners know that we once again split up uh, the movie into a few different parts because we had, once again, way too much content. Uh, the first two episodes include our before-watching intro, which actually includes our pitch for Arnold's next big movie, <laughs> which is fun. But anyway, uh, from there we get into the movie intro, or sorry, the movie summary, which will then be continued in the next episode. And then uh, the last episode will be the trivia, which will include like our thoughts on the movie and probably a little bit of extra content of us just discussing like discussing like random stuff. Anyway, all right, well, uh, enjoy the episode, and I guess I'll... See the party, Richter! Hello, and welcome to See You at the Party, Richter. This episode, we'll be covering the 1985 film, Commando. Uh, I'm very excited for this. Uh, we're going to do a little intro before we get into the actual episode, so this is before we've actually watched the movie again to take the notes and everything. So, Aaron... What thoughts do you have on this movie? Have you, first of all, have you seen it? Seen parts of it. Um, I this like I, the parts I've seen are like when I would go uh, over to like Brett's house and it would always be on. So yes, and Brett is one of our friends. Sorry, yeah. So that's pretty much random scenes. Uh, yeah. For me, it is basically. There are two parts to Arnold movies. There's like the good script slash good story movies that he's in. You know, you have your Terminators, True Lies, Total Recall. And then there's kind of uh, the Arnoldness of them, which is basically being badass, saying one-liners. The cheese factor, sort of. How dare you? <laughs> Although cheese is very good, so I'll allow yeah. that. Uh, the Killing People. Um and just the charming charisma. Like grandioseness of the Yes. Like action scenes. Yeah. This movie is the most Arnold movie for the latter. This movie is basically he someone kidnaps his daughter, Alyssa Milano, and he has to go kill a bunch of people to get her back. And that's what happens, and he kills a bunch of people awesomely and he says a bunch of awesome one-liners and that's pretty much all this movie is if i can think of i think predator is kind of the merging of the two types of arnold movies where it's got the action the charisma you know the one-liners mixed with like a good script story type thing uh maybe total recalls up there as well total recalls that's what i was gonna say like total recalls definitely a like probably would you not say that's like the perfect mix of those two, like 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 the like the very Arnold cheesiness sort of thing, and then the actually but actually putting it to a very like a good script. Yeah, I would say, yeah, probably Total Recall. So, Total Recall, I guess Predator number two. Uh, this is basically, I think Terminators in the. Maybe even Terminator 2 is very heavy on, like, the good script story yeah. uh, part, especially with Terminator, because he's just not arnold in that movie. Yeah, he's a bad And guy. this is the opposite end of the Arnold greatness, where he's just, like, there's no fucking story to this movie. Like, literally, the entire plot points are what I spelled out. Uh, 
He's a retired military guy. Someone kidnaps his daughter. He's going to go kill a bunch of people to get her back. That's all that fucking happens. And it is sublime. So I remember like the beginning when he's like walking around with her shirtless. Like they're all the happy scenes. Like when they're all yeah. like. Yeah, like the montage. And then like. Okay, like the only thing I'm concerned about with this movie is that actually. No, I th- I, th- I think it's just like that last movie got me kind of like trying to be more critical of this, these movies. But like, I think the problem with that last movie is that it was a Terminator movie, but like going into this, just like as an, like an Arnold movie, I don't think it will be as like, uh, cause I was like, ah, just the fact that it's going to be a bad movie, but I kind of expect them all to be like, not great. Like as far as like the, like the storytelling and you know what I'm saying? Like, right. All of Arnold movies. No, like, like his movies, what am I trying to say? Like not not great. Like the the writing isn't like like uh, I'm trying to think of it. No, because that 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 this kind of movie seems like the kind of movies they were making at that time. Yeah, it's pure '80s action. Yeah, like like you said, like classic fucking movies. To where it's... I think this movie is kind of what people think Arnold all Arnold movies are. Yeah, like people aren't familiar with this work. You know, people aren't familiar with. Terminator, Terminator 2, Total Recall. Yeah. Predator. I think they all think that they're just this movie. Um, and I wish they all were. <laughs> I uh, think I think that they get this movie because I, I do too. Like, I think that they think that Predator is that the movie that you were just talking about, but it's actually this movie. They just don't realize that a lot of the stuff that they might like or think are, what would you call it, tropes or whatever. Yeah. Are actually from this movie. Yeah. Instead of Predator. Yeah, because Predator's brilliant. I mean, basically the first half of Predator is kind of like this movie, but less cheesy. Yeah. Um, and then all this, like, you think it's a war movie, but there's a bunch of buff dudes talking about CIA and pushing yeah. pencils and shit. Uh, Takes a left turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about being a sexual Tyrannosaurus. But then, yeah, it takes a left turn where it's like, what the fuck? Like, where's, there's an alien in this shit now? Um, but this movie's like, if they took the first half of Predator, cheesed it up to 10, <laughs> just made an entire fucking movie about it, that's what this movie is. And it's fucking amazing. It's the perfect. You know what's weird is, I think that pe- some people are, or this is more, I guess it's more for shows. Like, some people are a lot better at doing that. Like, how they understand how that stuff works. Or how how that, like I'm what am I I'm trying to think of like uh, like writers I guess how to do that type of thing as opposed to, and then some people try to copy it to where it's like no it's not quite the same yeah well this movie doesn't take itself too seriously at all but um like I had a very big problem with uh, Grindhouse I I didn't actually see that so yeah the double feature Grindhouse yeah it was Robert Rodriguez and yeah Tarantino I'm like this is trying to be that like cheesy 80s thing but it's trying too hard it just didn't feel right like you're just overdone i don't know there's just something weird about it but this movie is the epitome of that um because you know like uh the first rambo you know it's about war and ptsd and shit and then it just turned into another murdering everybody yeah um but yeah i mean i think like Rocky's up there, or Rocky Four is up there 
with for a stupid, aliens. like dumb, like yeah, just like shtick, like it's got a whole thing. But this movie is it perfected the eighties cheesy but awesome. These movie. these movies always always help the the, the alcohol always helps with these. Like I, I really enjoy. I enjoy the first viewing a lot more than I enjoy the second, like the second or third one when I'm, when I'm actually uh, doing the notes for it because the first viewing I am drinking, like I have my computer on in front of me and I'm just drinking. And then whenever I see something, I'll just write something down. But uh, it's, it's way more fun than the, than the second time when I'm watching it sober and trying to be like, actually like do a, like a, some sort of summary for it where I'm trying to criticize it. But, uh, yeah. Well, I I will say with this one, don't try to criticize. Oh no, no, I'm like but, that's uh, that's why I was like that. I like I said, I think that last one was just because it was Terminator because I wasn't. I think with this one, you just need to like add the part when he kills somebody only to say a line. Like if he doesn't say a line, <laughs> then just like skip it. Because there's there's enough of the lines in there to. Work. Oh yeah, no, this is like the fucking gold mine of Arnold lines. I think the writer for this one, which uh, was the guy that wrote Running Man, which which would make sense because they, let's see, because they, uh, that guy knows how to write. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, that guy knows how to write for him. Yeah, because I remember him mentioning in the interview that I watched for that. He's like, yeah, we did Commando. And then because that did so well, we got to do Running Man. So, um that, yeah, that guy definitely knows, like, he's, he's like, I catered, I, I, he was talking about how he catered the role in Running Man to him, but then, like, he definitely knows how to, like, I don't know. I like that guy. Steven D'Souza. Yeah, he knows how to write for Arnold. Does it apparently know how to write Stephen King stuff, but, you know what? Wait, wait, what did he write for Stephen King? Oh, Running Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I'll say it. Arnold is my favorite actor, Stephen King's probably my favorite author. But I think the movie of Running Man was better than the book. I I think that they should have had Arnold be Pennywise in it. <laughs> Come on! We all float down here! <laughs> beep beep, Richie! Beep beep! <laughs> Come on! It's a ritual of chud! Uh, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I mean, yeah. honestly, if you're, unless you're James Cameron, if you're not writing a movie, an Arnold movie for Arnold, the movie's probably not going to be very good. Yeah, which, you, I'm, like, I'm realizing as we're watching these, you can definitely tell which ones were written by for him and then which ones weren't. Like, like you mentioned in that collateral damage one that that could have been played by anybody. Yeah, like Bruce Willis? Yeah, exactly. That's what you said. And, uh... And then a racer seems like they had the script and then they kind of tailored it to him after that. Yeah. But nobody can really give like the cheesy one-liners weight like Arnold. Like, can you imagine like, or even like Steven Seagal does it and, you know, it's just like, that's fucking dumb. Like it's, <laughs> it's bad, but not really in a good way. It's so yeah. bad it's bad, but. Whenever Arnold does it, it's like so bad it's good. Like, yeah, yeah. Like let out some steam, Bennett, and he throws the fucking pipe through the guy. You're like, yes, fuck yeah. Like if Stagall did that, you'd just be like, all right, like whatever. This is dumb. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he needs, man, he he needs, like, I don't think anyone writes those movies for him anymore. Like, like I think he'd be up to doing a role like that if, if it was updatedly good. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to make Commando in, you know, 2021. But... No, I'm, no, I mean, like, like, Father Knows Best sort of stuff. Like, oh, yes. To where he's, like, playing, like, a, a priest that, like, yeah. you know. But he has to, I mean, he's been out of out of the killing game for well yeah like he was a cop years but his family was killed by the mob and you know so he went into the priesthood yeah and uh then there is a uh like someone decides the the church has a uh a big like uh charity auction thing and they have a bunch of money and somebody decides to rob it and then they're like like they lock down the church and they're like oh my god what are we gonna do and I, it, I mean, they kind of just leave it up to Father Still knows. <laughs> yeah, it, and then you get the the reason why he's like not young and jacked, but he still has to like exactly. He's been out of it for years, and then you can de-age Arnold too, but like do it like a like a like a deep fake one, so it looks like like it's better than the the uh, Genesis one, so he can actually play himself like. <laughs> Like do like a ten minute scene where he's younger and he's like sees his family like no, like oh man yeah and there's so many like religious puns you can go with like exactly I mean I can't think of any because I'm not very <laughs> no. smart and if I were I'd be writing these movies but just that no. whole like oh man I I need to work on a script or something just just like when he's got like he's fighting he's fighting some guys fighting some guy like it's his first it's his first kill after being after like uh, they break in it's his first kill he's had in like twenty years. And they're like, and the guy's like, eh, like not worried about it because Arnold's got a gun in his hands. He sees that Arnold's hands kind of shaky. He's like, uh, he's like, you can't kill me, can you? You're a priest, like you're a man of the church. And he like tears off his uh, his what's it called, a habit? I think he tears off his habit and throws it on the ground, like his uh, priest priest collar. Throws it on the ground. He's like, church is out. And boom! <laughs> and he just fucking shoots him, <laughs> blows him away. Like line. Like yeah. all of a sudden he just gets it. And he's like, yes. Or he sets oh, a he sets a guy on fire with a flamethrower, and he's like, "Oh, wah! And then he dies. He's like, grabs some holy water, like, "Here, have your communion." Like, dumps <laughs> on him, you know, like, boom. The shit writes itself. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. See, uh, I'm like now. I'm like I'm trying to think of how to pitch to him, but like, yeah. All right, Arnold, if you're listening, first of all, thank you. Uh, <laughs> second of all, uh, hit us up. Um, I mean, we got this idea. We got the killer script. Father knows best. Of course, we got the sequel in works. Um, what is it called? Father still knows best because his name is Steel Knows. Yeah. <laughs> just just to work uh, the sequel title in there. Yeah. Oh, it's by uh, the way, it's S T E E L E knows K N O. Let's go with E S, but like in the title, you spell it still still knows yeah. like normal, you know. Yeah. But as yeah, he's like, my name is, well, I'm Detective Steel Nose. Steel like, Nose. Like, yeah. your nose is made of steel? Like, no. No, like I steal your nose and then he rips someone's nose off. God. Oh, shit. There that, it is right there. You're like, shit just writes itself right here. Hey, see, you don't write like a script and then add in Arnold jokes. Like, you write the jokes and then write the script <laughs> around exactly. it. That's how the shit works. All right, well, thanks for listening to the intro. Uh, right now, we're going to go and watch the movie a few times, gather some thoughts, and come back and 
go through it. So, uh, see you in about six seconds. See you soon. Open it. It's a party. All right. Well, we are back from watching the movie. Uh, we got some guests, uh, just like from our last episode. We have Laura. Hi. And Erica. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Aaron, what do you have for us? Okay. So let's skip that. Uh, all right. So we start off with a uh, garbage truck just th- driving through a neighborhood. Waking up a guy, which, oh, okay, I'll wait till the end for questions. But, okay, waking up a guy uh, who's annoyed that it's there on the wrong day. He grabs some of his garbage, runs out to the truck with it. He's actually afraid that they'd miss him, the garbage guys. But he doesn't need to worry because they won't. <laughs> Mainly because they're not actually garbage men. and ended up shooting him with some Uzis, which I think those that's what those were. Which I probably feel like might be every garbage man's dream at least one time or another. Just like they watch that, they're like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I thought every garbage man's dream was to be a kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles. At least that's what I saw in the movie The Garbage Picking, Field Goal Kicking, Philadelphia Phenomenon. With another, uh, um, who's the boss alumni? Yes, Tony so, Danza. Yeah. Okay, so um, who who was that guy that dies at the beginning? Did I did I miss something? Because I don't know who that guy was. He's part of the team. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just someone team. on Matrix, okay. Matrix's team. That's what I figured, but... Okay. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, because they say, you know, they killed this guy, they killed this yeah. guy, and they killed Bennett. And, you know, okay. they didn't yeah. actually kill Bennett, but... And, you okay. know, as, as someone who was regularly woken up by, by the garbage truck, I, I, I really felt for that guy. But um, we also live behind an... We also live behind an alley that a restaurant has their dumpsters there, so it takes them like ten fucking minutes to get the dumpsters to uh, the to the to the curb, and then they have to empty them and put them back. And there's like three of them. Wait, and, wait, and you, you guys do? Yeah. No. Well, no, it's like uh, the alley outside our apartment, so it wakes Man. me up. That's what I'm saying. What are you looking at me like that for? Because that was a weird question. Why would they do it? No, you guys live behind that, is oh, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's Correct. what okay, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was like, why would they do that for well, them? Then you, <laughs> she, not... Well, then she says yes, and then both Joe and you are like, no, stupid. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm confused. <laughs> why would they go wake up and go do that for that restaurant? That's stupid. <laughs> okay, Sorry, I'm taking that's... plenty of trash out of restaurants. I don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> I think it is. It's a little bit better now because the bar is closed, but... Still, it's remarkable how much uh, how many glass bottles you hear. Ugh, yeah, it's loud. Yeah. What time do they do it? It varies, which is even more annoying. Sometimes it's nine. Sometimes it's at like noon. Uh, one time, like a month <laughs> or two ago, it was at like four because I was coming home from the grocery store or something, and he was parked in front of our driveway, and I couldn't get into like my home for like two and a half songs. So I was just sitting there, like my hazards <laughs> on, like, like, come on, dude. Yeah, I just want to go I'd be home. So annoyed. <laughs> yeah, they were craftwork songs, so that was like a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, after they're done taking out the trash, they drive away. Then later, we see one of them, whose name is Cook, and is played by Bill Duke at a car dealership. Salesman is doing his like usual spiel spiel as cook starts up the car and says you know what i like best the price then he backs up 
rams it in the car salesman who for some reason jumps in front of the car. Yeah, that's what I noticed too. I was like, dude, get out of the way. <laughs> She's like rammed right into him, jumps right into him. It's not worth him not stealing the car if you're going to jump in front of it. Let him take the car. It's better than exactly. your wife. Exactly. Maybe. I wouldn't want to get hit with a car. Maybe that was his car. Well, then he was trying to sell it though. Yeah, maybe he just didn't want the car anymore. He's like, okay, well, wait, but that's my car. So he rams them and then uh, slams through the glass walls and drives away as we see the car salesman all bloodied on the ground. And that scene actually made me curious if there was, like, it wasn't originally in the movie, but then Stephen D'Souza, who's, like, the writer, was trying to buy a car and the car salesman was just being, like, shady as shit. And he was like, fuck this dude. And then just went home and, like, wrote that scene up. <laughs> He's like, that son of a bitch. What do you think now, motherfucker? It's like, Angry writing it. Yeah. I'll, I'll show him. <laughs> My favorite was the restaurant in the background. What was the restaurant in the background? It was, just had so many random different foods. Like, it oh, wasn't yeah, even, you mentioned that. Yeah. It wasn't even... <laughs> it, it, legitimately, anything you could think of to be on a menu, like, it had it listed. Anything. It was like a, like an Angelo's or a Tom's or something like something that. Something like that. <laughs> legitimately, anything you could think of. Like pancake burritos. Like it, it wasn't even like, it's all like random, like slanted the way it is too. Like it's not listed out. So the way, the way it looks too, you're just like, wow, what's a pancake burrito? That's weird. Like, <laughs> I did not so notice fun. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. I, I don't actually know if it said pancake burrito, but it says a bunch of random names <laughs> for foods that you're just like, that's an interesting take on that dish. <laughs> Okay, okay. So uh next we go to the docks where th- by the way, this is how this is how he describes it. Uh I can't remember his name, uh Bennett's real name. Uh Brian but, Wells. Yeah, okay. So this is how Vernon Wells describes it. So right now it's just gonna sound like a slur, but this is actually how he describes it if I would have done the trivia. But anyway, so uh next we go to this next we go to the docks, we see gay Freddie Mer- or uh no, it wasn't gay Freddie Mercury. He yeah. said uh that's just Freddie Mercury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, sorry. Uh, Freddie Mercury on steroids. That there we go. There, that's what it was. It, it, yeah. We see Freddie Mercury on steroids, aka Bennett. I, I don't know why I wrote down gay Freddie Mercury. <laughs> 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 okay, Freddie Mercury on steroids. Uh, get into a boat before noticing Cook and some other dude staring at him. Bennett kind of smiles at them and then drives off in the boat as Bill Duke pulls out like a classic TV detonator. That probably has a red button on it and blows up the boat, which I have a couple questions. Uh, Okay, so I can I can see the point behind the Bennett thing, even though like showing him like getting blown up, even though it's this whole the first part, I would say, is necessary. The scene with Bill Duke was not necessary. Like the car still. Was there a point to the still in the car scene? No. Yeah. Just to show that he's like a bad guy. I was waiting for that the entire movie. I'm like, that's going to come back at some point, right? And it, it never did. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. also, it's not the car he was driving when they go to the, the motel later. Exactly. And, yes. Like it's, it's, yes. It, it he, is it's already a different car. So yeah, that, that scene did absolutely yes. nothing except show what a badass he is, I guess. It's it's yeah. character building. It's world building, you know? Like, is is there a point to Gandalf's fireworks in Lord of the Rings? No, but it lets you know <laughs> that he's a badass wizard. Same thing with Cook here. In fact, I think this is even better character building than that particular scene. The, or, the fireworks you know. scene? Yeah, like that's whatever. Like, ooh, fucking wizard, cool. But this one, like, Cook, it's very strict. And you know, like, he's just, 
He's got particular tastes, and he doesn't give a fuck. He's a badass. Even after he takes that car, then he goes and crashes it into like a, a truck on on the way out, and then says, "Fuck that! Like I want my ship pristine." And go gets another caddy. Another <laughs> so he did it top. again. So yeah, okay. it's yeah. I mean, that's like this is just high cinema. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. I just thought that's how he decided to kill that guy. He had another team member to kill off, and that's wait, how wait. the car salesman. I assumed he was another. I assumed he was another team member. I I don't know no. because he would have recognized him, wouldn't he? Or nor yes. they. Yeah, right. He would have. Yeah, because uh, Bill Duke knew. Yeah, uh, Cook Arnold. Cook knew Arnold. The the guy that got shot by the garbage men in disguise, he he recognized them. So yeah, the if it, the car dealer guy. Wait, was, he did recognize them. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, either. that's why he's wearing a bandana. Uh, yeah. Oh, because okay. this was pre twenty twenty. Because then he was like, "You just assumed the car salesman was another guy." <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even catch that. Okay. I, I just I see, assumed is, he was a uh, another team man, member this is that like, was getting killed off. Now I know how Vanessa feels with like the last stuff because I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't catch that. Okay, cool. Because I've only seen this. What this is the sec- today was the second time watching it, or the third time, second time watching it all the way through. Anyway, and then it's like, okay, I can see that Bennett thing, but then like it's not some like super big revelation that Bennett's alive. Like they did, they pretty much showed that like five minutes later. It's like, and then like he, he's like, oh hey Bennett, I thought you were dead. Basically, like. <laughs> It, it kind of just seems like maybe the producer wanted to get rid of his boat and they figured they could write it off if they blew it up in the movie or something like that. <laughs> they blew up a boat? I don't know. Anyway, uh, next we go to the woods and get some close-ups of our hero's muscles so we know what we're dealing with. Uh, we get we see some shoes, some of those muscles, a chainsaw, and then a close-up of Arnold's face before we zoom out and see he's carrying a fucking log on his shoulder with one hand while wearing a tank top, which I'm assuming would hurt. After walking down the thing with it, the bark rubbing up against his skin. Yeah, he he had a towel under oh, he did? Like, over his shoulder. Yeah. I I, oh, okay, I noticed I didn't see because that. I, I was concerned about that as well. I was like, good lord, that would like irritate your skin. Oh no, he's got like it's like resting on a towel. Um I love though that the the shots of just his shoes, uh the the like cadence of his steps and when it's like a, a longer shot and you can see him walking, they're completely different. Like when it's a long shot, he's just like walking. He's, is he like stopping? When he's, yeah, he's just like step, step, <laughs> step. But it's more like natural walking when it's the the long shot. But yeah, he looks really badass carrying that. Just yeah, like yeah. Tree. The, it was super just, cool. It's just a giant tree. Yeah, he cuts down his own fucking trees on his cabin, and then like brings them in. Like he doesn't go buy wood. Somewhere. You think he built his own cabin? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And 100%. that cabin is yeah. badass. Like that's a nice the, cabin. The door that goes to the roof, like how fucking cool is that? Like my literal comment during this whole thing was it what is this like souped up Heidi? Like I legitimately <laughs> felt like he was like the grandfather and Heidi building everything for the little girl out in the woods. Like the, legitimately that's that's what it seemed like. I don't even know I don't even get that reference, but it's still funny. I, I like it. The only thing I know of Heidi is it interrupted a Jets Raiders football game. <laughs> so it's known as the Heidi game. That's the only fucking thing I know about Heidi. Well, okay, so. if you were to watch it, the grandfather basically like builds his own cabin, builds his own furniture and everything, and he takes care of Heidi the whole time while they're out in the forest and legitimately got the same vibes, just 
he's a little younger and a little stronger. That okay. was it. <laughs> so uh, then we see him cutting some wood with an axe, even though he, you know, we know he has a chainsaw, but you know, yeah. whatever. He's just showing off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You got I think it's a muscle yeah. like built like a workout. So someone begins sneaking up behind him, but come on, he's fucking John Matrix. He notices that person in the reflection of the axe, turns around, grabs his daughter, who's played by Alyssa Milano, lifts her up while they're both giggling. She's got, she, like, she got, this girl got to work with both Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tony Danza. Like, damn, career, you know? Exactly. Shit. Um, okay, so then we're basically treated to an opening credits montage of every sitcom from the 80s. As we see them eating ice cream together what, with her shoving her ice cream in his face and both laughing, then him teaching her karate, and them feeding a deer, which just makes me laugh every time I see it. Oh, the the, the deer feeding is just, is like top-notch. I love yes. it. It's, it's like aggressively adorable father-daughter stuff. Like, it's, it's yeah, the, it, the deer it's is a, great. It's over the top. The, so deer's, over, fish... yeah, the deer's a little, little over the top. <laughs> the fishing's They're, good, too. <laughs> uh, fishing, then uh, playing in the pool, and then finally... Her making a sandwich while he pulls some juice out of the fridge uh, Fridge notices the I love you, dad heart that she made, which makes him smile. Aww. Then he sits down at the table, flips through one of her magazines and says, why don't they just call him girl George? It would cut down on the confusion, I think. And then makes a joke about how communists were right about rock and roll. <laughs> okay, so now, like, I would totally be okay with spending all my time in a re- remote cabin with Arnold at basically any point in my life. But I've never been like a 10 year old girl, so I don't know if that's like <laughs> what I guess they go into town, you know, because they eat the ice cream. But it's basically she probably goes to school and shit. I don't know. Maybe I was just like wishful thinking, like, damn, I wish I were spending all my time with Arnold on a remote cabin doing stupid shit yeah. like being deer. Yeah. Be like, I love you, Arnold, on the fridge. Be like, ah, what is this? <laughs> this is Arnold. Yeah. I like how he's not even your dad in your in your uh, dream yeah, scenario. He's still, still Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Yeah, no, it's just yeah. Arnold. I'll call him Unky Arnold. Oh, hey, Stop Unky calling Arnold. me that. I'm not your uncle. <laughs> oh, quiet, you. Anyway. My only comment so far to date with this storyline is very Eraser storyline. Oh yeah, that's what the oh this I think that was part of the trivia of Eraser was that uh oh. this movie they or Eraser they tried to give kind of a commando feel to but like oh. a 90s like more of adult version. Wasn't that that was one of the things that they said for Eraser right? I think I mentioned that during Eraser was that Absolutely. they kind of tried to give it like oh, a commando feel. Um okay, so then they noticed a chopper headed towards the house and Alyssa Milano was like, "Why is there an army helicopter headed this way? You said you were done with that shit." And he's like, "I'm not going anywhere." So then the chopper lands outside and the head army dude, Colonel Kirby, tells the other army dudes that he's with to secure the area. He then yells to the house, at the house to Matrix to come out. But Arnold sneaks up behind them, pulls out Kirby's gun because he's like a sneaky motherfucker. So then Kirby says something, um, says that someone is killing Matrix men, but he doesn't know who's doing it. And they're eventually going to find Matrix. Then he tells him that two army dudes he brought with him are going to stay with him to protect them and then takes off in the helicopter. My question is, who wears a fucking dress shirt and a belt with overalls? Wait, uh, who was this? Alyssa Milano? Yeah. So <laughs> I w- actually, the belt part is Laura's, but I was like, why is she wearing a dress shirt? And Laura's like, why is she wearing a fucking belt? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Do overalls even have belt loops? Yeah, they do. I yeah. guess so. I, the, the only reason to do it is, is pure fashion, because there's absolutely no utility. 
If anything, it, it takes away utility. You could wear a utility belt. Should we think about that? <laughs> it's true. Maybe that's what it was. No, it was not a utility belt. <laughs> it was a it was a mid eighties fashion belt with like a big silver buckle. It was yeah, it was not a utility belt. If she had a utility belt, she would have escaped out of that room way faster. <laughs> she didn't escape out yeah. of that room. Okay. She 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 eventually got pretty you know ingenuitive with it, yeah. but yeah, it would have yeah, been faster. She's a if she did have a utility yeah. belt. You're right. Yeah. Oh, oh, out of the room she gets yeah, out of yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant this next room. Uh, so they leave. Matrix looks around for a second and then gets all wild-eyed before ducking as some dude just starts blowing the hell, or dudes, start blowing the hell out of the house with a machine gun. Uh, Matrix's daughter and one of the army dudes dive in the house. The gunfire continues. He tells the injured army dude that he knew the attack was coming because he could smell them and then says that he needs to get his rifle out of the shed. So he tells Alyssa Milano to go hide in her bedroom and then runs over to the shed, which is basically just like a mini armory. And he grabs a rifle and heads back. But when he opens the screen door, the armored dude falls out just dead, which I think was funny because that means that the guy that killed him, like he killed him and then carefully placed his body up. Exactly. Against the door, but like mostly against the wall because otherwise the body would have just fallen out. Like, so we kind of like set him and he's like, nope, nope, he's falling towards the door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he took care with that body placement. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and also, I'm pretty sure he's in Jenny's room because there's a couple of band posters on the wall. Did you notice those? No. no. There was a Duran Duran poster, and then I'm pretty sure it was a police poster, too, because there's three dudes, nice. and it looked like Sting in there. My only thought was the the lock on that rifle was a heavy-duty lock. What was it? It was literally a two-number lock. Like he goes, boop, oh, boop. it was one three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the code, the code he punches in. Yeah. He literally Wait, was that on two the buttons. shed. Yeah, yeah. I was... To get into his armory. That's his daughter's age. Does he change it every year then? His daughter's age. <laughs> so that was his daughter's age. Yeah. So he's like, he's not thirteen. There's no year. way that child is thirteen. Yeah, she's twelve. I don't know. She's like. Four, or between four and 16. I don't know children, all right? Somewhere I, between I think, those ages. Yeah, she's somewhere between four and 16, but I don't think she's 13. I just literally thought, like, when he did that, I was like, wow, that's a hell of a lock you got there. <laughs> yeah. What's the point? Yeah, that's a good defenses, man. So uh, he enters the room, and there's a guy sitting there uh, who tells him to mellow out, and then is like, your daughter's safe, but if you want her, if you want her back, you better cooperate, right? Wrong. And so he shoots the dude dead and then heads outside, sees the rest of the guys driving away. So he runs over to his truck, but those jabronis cut the wires. So this motherfucker puts that bitch in neutral and then pushes it over a hill as he hops in and just heads down the hill with it. The bad dude sees his truck coming. And so fucking Bill Duke, who's what what was his name again? Cook. Cook, uh, Points out that he has no brakes. And I got to say, like, Matrix may be an expert in guns and killing people and spy shit. But he must have failed basic geometry because his timing on this was fucking super bad. <laughs> like, his truck completely misses all the cars that he's possibly trying to hit. But, like, do you think that's he was actually trying to hit the cars? Or did he miss on purpose? Because he knows his daughter's in one of those. So, like, but isn't exactly sure which one. So, like, did he miss on purpose because she was in a car? And if he did miss on purpose, like, what was the point of doing that in the first place? To show, like, is he trying to show him that he's fucking crazy? Or, like, was it, like, the producer trying to get rid of a boat and a car? <laughs> <laughs> My thought was that he was trying to get in front of the cars so they would have to but stop. He doesn't have any brakes, though. But 
no, yeah, he no, he did a terrible job. <laughs> but I, I feel like that was probably his intention because yeah, he doesn't know where his kid is. He doesn't want to. I mean, he blows up a lot of buildings later, not knowing which one his kid is. In, <laughs> That's so, a good point. <laughs> yeah, maybe he just has really good intuition for it or something. There was no. Like, he couldn't really be able to steer because he was, you know, like basically going over mini jumps. You know, he wasn't able to make it go faster or slower. It just kind of kept going. Like, he didn't really have control of it, but he needed to get down there. Yeah, that was the fastest way, I suppose. Really should have put on a seatbelt. Yeah. He didn't really, like, I mean, he didn't know the brakes were cut when he started pushing it. Yeah, he did because he runs over and he he sees everything. Oh, no, he sees a bunch of wires. Yeah. So that's true. He knows it doesn't run. Like, he has yeah. to assume that that it just shit won't work at that point. Like you can't be like, oh, they cut this well, no. wire, but they probably left the brakes intact. No, <laughs> regret is if he went up and checked the brakes first. He's like, wait, wait, I'm good, just to like make that scene a little more cut. Well, because you don't just like pop the hood open and cut the brakes from there. That's not how it works, you know. Like if I were in like Cook and those guys' situation, I go there and cut a bunch of shit up so he can't like start it and follow after us. Like, I wouldn't necessarily think to spend time to cut the brakes as well. Like, the whole point of all that stuff missing, like, you know, the whatever cables going to the spark plug is just so he couldn't start the car. Yeah. So his car's not functional. So they did a good job thinking of uh, thinking ahead to cut the brakes. Um, but I wouldn't assume that they would think that. I wish he would have yelled now, the brakes are out! As he's, like, going down the hill. That would have been good. Just Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he misses them twice. Rolls his truck, which catches on fire, but he manages to climb out before it explodes. Bad dudes hop out of their vehicle, aim their guns at him, but Matrix just runs up and starts beating the shit out of a few of them before one of them points their gun at him and is is like, don't move, motherfucker. So they hold him down and up rolls Bennett, who's wearing what looks like chainmail vest that's made out, like his grandma made out of a bathroom rug, apparently. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I don't think it's metal, but... Okay, so uh, Matrix is like it's meant to look like metal. I, it, okay, okay, was that was I that think. actually metal? Because I don't, I it looked like no, I it's pink. I don't think it was metal. I think it was fabric, but okay, yeah. I think it's it was pink. like I think the style of yeah. it is to look it, like it, like metal. It looked like pink yarn. It literally looked like <laughs> it his looked grandma knitted like it for him. He was like, "I want to look cool, grandma. Cool." <laughs> she was like, "Oh, what's cooler than chainmail, baby?" <laughs> okay, so a good grandma right there, yeah. Yeah. Matrix is like, uh, Bennett, I thought you were dead. And Bennett's like, yeah, well, you thought wrong, mate. Ever since you had me thrown down, well, ever since you had me thrown out of your unit, I wanted to pay you back. Well, today was payday. So I went out and bought myself this here gun. And then he shoots him. Uh, turns out that it was a tranquilizer gun, though, and uh, wakes up chained to a table. Thankfully, not in, like, yarn this time. You know, it's actually, like, actual chains. That is actually metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, surrounded by a bunch of guys he's like where's Jenny and then Cher's dad from Clueless like who's played by whose name is uh, is it Arius or Arius right Arius yeah, or Arius? Like Arius and he's played by Dan Hedaya yeah he, he will always be Cher's dad to me like yes, Cher's dad exactly. always that's that is who he is <laughs> so it's it's weird seeing him as a vaguely Latin American dictator I got a question <laughs> Well, two questions. First off, uh, why does Matrix's truck, as soon as it rolls over, immediately sets fire and then like 10 seconds later blows up? Yeah, that just seems like terrible car design. (laughs) I mean, 
I, I will wave it away and just like say that's because they cut all that shit and there was like gas leaking in there or whatever. So okay. that's totally possible. Um, but the real question is, uh, do you think the director was like, all right, we need an Austrian to battle with Arnold, you know, make him like somebody from the old country, you know, like, so the Matrix, another Austrian. And then the casting director is like, all right, I got this guy, Vernon Wells. He's bomb. Like, there he is. And he shows up. He's like, good day, mate. Like, oh, fuck. Not Australian. Austrian. Like, what's the difference? And I had to rewrite the entire fucking movie just because some fucking intern didn't know the difference between... Austrian and Australian, and they're like, "All right, well, fuck." Like back to the drawing board. All right. Well, they, for some reason, all these guys were just part of the American military group. Uh, so uh, yeah, you got fucking Sheriff's dad from Clueless walks up to us. Do you remember me? Uh, just pretty much Tony Montana, but because he's South American for some reason. But uh, turns out he used to be president of a fake country of a, called Valverde, uh, which I guess is in a. Die Hard 2, and um, it's because Steven Seuss is a writer of both. But anyway, but Arnold and his men helped the people overthrow him because the guy's an asshat who tortured and killed a bunch of people. He also says, I'm happy to spend my last day as a civilian. I was like, well, yeah. he's not wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is your last <laughs> day. But uh, when he shoots him with the tranquilizer dart, he calls him a motherfucker. And I was like, Jesus, they use that word a lot in this movie. And I was like, that should be a drinking game for this movie. Oh, yeah, there was a... Did you see that link that I sent you? Right? I sent you a, a link for a drink, a commando drinking game. I think it was... One of them was whenever he looks at his watch, you drink, which happens <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, and there was, a uh, like, an 80s... Whenever they played 80s music or... Anyway, okay, so... Yeah, it sounds like a dangerous drinking game. So it turns out, like, he... Okay, so Arnold and his band helped overthrow... The people overthrow him because he, the guy fucking tortured a bunch of people. So... Cher's dad tells Matrix, Colonel Matrix, you will go to Valverde and kill a presidente that you had overthrown me. And Matrix is like, have been into it. Killing him gives him a bonus. And but then Hedea tells him that you have to kill him because the president, like the guy, the presidente trusts him. He then tells Matrix that they pretended to kill Bennett so that General Kirby would lead them to Matrix. And then tell says that if he doesn't help... If he doesn't help them, he'll show Matrix who's the boss by killing Alyssa Milano. <laughs> I spent most of the I spent most of the movie not knowing like what country that dude was from. Like I, I like I missed it or something, and I was like, "Are they Colombian again? Like we already we already did that one. Like what's what's going on? Is it just some like vague Latin American country?" Uh, and then you mentioned it's a fake country. Yeah, yeah Valverde, it's a fake country. and I. I uh, it's used in Hollywood in like a bunch of 80s and 90s movies to depict a Spanish-speaking country similar to Cuba or Nicaragua, Nicaragua without encountering diplomatic problems. Yes, that's exactly what I read too. Great, and yeah, I thought that was super interesting because yeah, they a lot of these movies have just South Central, South and Central American people just being the bad guys. So I'm yeah, like, well, I guess you're making up a country that's better. better. Well, even Kirby says earlier, it's like, oh, it could be, you know, these people could be the Libyans, yeah. it could be the South Americans. It's like, South America is a pretty big place there, Kirby. <laughs> the whole yeah, continent. the South There's... Americans, because that's like one person. <laughs> that, that whole continent hates you. They definitely all work together and 
of one oh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, Kirby shows up to Arnold's house and is like, oh shit, Matrix, Matrix is going to fuck those motherfuckers up. So then we're taken to an airport where Matrix, Bennett, and two dudes are in a car. Uh, Bennett tells Matrix that one of the dudes, Sully, who looks like Breckin Myers if he was a sex offender. All right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. Do you know who Breckin Myers is? No. Uh, I kind of want to show you a picture now because it definitely looks like Breckin Myers, which is which. I was like, who the fuck does he look like? He's in a whole bunch of shit, but uh, Erica, you might know this one. He's in Kate and Leopold. He's mm-hmm. like he's in Clueless as well. He's in what? Okay. He's also in Clueless. Yeah, Clueless. he's the stoner guy. Yeah, he in is in Clueless. Maybe that's I've they... only seen Clueless like once. This dude. Oh yeah, yeah. He looks like yeah. fucking Sully. Like if Sully was a sex offender, he'd look like Breckin Myers. What is he in? Wait, wait, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> the other way around. The... No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what is he in? <laughs> he's in a. He's in a. Sh- uh, he's in Can't Hardly Wait too. I think maybe. No, maybe not. No, it's yes, he he's is. In, anyway. He's in that show with Mark Paul Gosling. Oh, he's in Rat Race. Uh, yeah, he's like one of the main guys in Rent Race. Yes. Okay. Uh, he is like the main so yeah, so you got Sully, and then uh, is he's there to make sure the Matrix gets on the plane, and then the other dude, Henrique Enrique Henriques, is supposed to escort him on the flight, and if he doesn't, if uh, Bennett doesn't hear from either of them, they'll end up killing Alyssa Milano. So Ben is about is about to leave, but Arnold opens up the car door, like opens it up, fucking is like, I'll be Bennett, I'll be back. And Bennett gives him, what does he say to him? He says, uh, I'm counting on it or something like that. Something. Basically like, oh yeah. Something like that. It's not a very cool line though from him. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. a, it's kind of a weak response. Yeah. So uh, the two dudes escort him through the airport before Matrix and, uh, but then before uh, Matrix and Enriquez leave, Sully makes a sex joke about Arnold's 12 year old daughter. So Matrix responds by telling him, you're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Yeah. So uh, last time we went and visited you, you introduced introduced me to this game, Dead by Daylight. So with that game, it's a five-player online game, and it's usually four survivors and one killer. And there's various different killers. You know, they have some famous ones like Freddy Krueger and the Demogorgon from Stranger Things and just some, like, general ones. Uh, I usually play as killer. Um... And I was matched up with, uh, you know, a group of people like playing against them, some randos. But one of them was named Sully. And then in the post-game chat, I was like, hey, remember when I told you, uh, Sully, I would kill you last? I lied. And they're like, oh, good one, dude. Like, like you didn't even kill me. I'm like, damn, have you guys ever seen Commando? They're like, no, never even heard of it. I'm like, oh. They're probably 14. Yeah. It would have been better if you would have killed them, though. Swine. I don't remember if I did, but they were very like offended and thought I was like talking shit. I was like, no. Is there no is there no in game chat on that? No, there is. That's when this was happening. I was oh, just like typing ch- it okay. out. Yeah, and they're like, no. I mean, like like a uh, like voice chat. No, it's not voice chat. Oh, okay, because like, I was gonna say that'd be great to remember when I <laughs> when you find Sully and grab yeah. him because you can grab people, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they the just thought I was just be being go. a dick. <laughs> <laughs> or if you can drop him out of a window, like get to the second floor, just drop him out of a window. I lied. Yeah, I let him go. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, I do love in the airport scene, like what, like watching the the three of them because Sully's like not a big dude, and Arnold's a big fucking dude. But then what's his name? Henriquez is like definitely taller. So yeah, it was like the, the the visual of the three of them walking together was just real amusing. 
Also, Sully's suit is weird and makes me very unhappy. <laughs> it's an 80s zoot suit, as Joe said. <laughs> so, uh, Matrix and Henrik get on the plane, take their seat, which at least, like, Dan, at least Dan Hedaya sprung for first class, you know? Like, right? That's yeah. what I said. It's like, yeah, yeah that's fucking hey, ritzy. You know, that's not. That's not nothing. Exactly. So they sit down and Matrix asks the flight attendant for a blanket and a pillow. He then knocks out Henrik's with an elbow to the face, <laughs> breaks his neck, and then puts his pillow behind his head, puts a blanket over him, and places a hat over his face to make him look like he's sleeping. He then asks the flight attendant how long the flight is. She tells him it's 11 hours, and he tells her, do me a favor. Do not disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's dead? Yeah. No, he's just, that's an amazing line. I just thought him, like, breaking his neck was such a loud crack pop. I was like, man, that just got to be such a good alignment. (laughs) I mean, in his case, it was an out of alignment. But to me, I was like, damn, that sounds like that would feel really good. And then he gave him a pillow to rest it out. It was loud, though. And, like, the people right in front of him, like, don't even flinch. I'm like, did they really not hear anything? Anyway, so... uh, he gets up as the plane begins to head down the runway and heads to the cargo area where he breaks through this thing that says, caution, do not open during the flight. Any idea what that was for? Like, is that like, is that a pressurized thing? Did, like, did he just kill the dog after he opened it or what? Because I, I don't know what that was for. It, like, you saw that, right? Where it's, like the thing he breaks yeah. through. I think it's just like a safety thing. Like, hey, fucking don't come in here because it's dangerous and shit unless you're authorized although i still don't understand he he went into the bathroom and closed the door and then was suddenly in the cargo bay i swear it was a magic yeah. trick i don't i don't yeah. know how he got down that's, there. that's what i thought of the first time so uh he opens up the landing gear thing and then makes his way onto the wheel bar thing i don't know what it's called <laughs> is that the land the, the landing gears uh, the plane begins to take off which reminds me of Toy Story 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, there's a lake up ahead, though. So he jumps off, lands in the swamp, and then he sets a timer on his watch for 11 hours. And I was kind of totally expecting him to have to, like, like possibly, like, see an alligator there in the swamp where he's got to wrestle before he gets out of there. Like, I was waiting for that. Because I was like, there's going to be an alligator in there. But I forgot that this was this is supposed to be L.A., so whatever. He runs back to the airport as we cut to Sully telling Dan Hedaya that he left on the plane. Uh, Dan Hedaya tells Alyssa Milano that she'll be back with her dad soon and is like, won't that be nice? And her response is like, not nearly as nice as watching him smash her face in because that kid's got some fucking spunk. Yeah. Now she's the boss. Okay, so (laughs) we go back to airport where Matrix caught up with Sully, who's decided that since he's day like he's done working for the day, it's time to get to his real passion being a sexual predator. So he begins uh, trying to pick up a flight on a flight attendant who's played by Ray. I have it written down here wrong because my fingers do what they want. It's Ray Don Chong, but mine says Ray Dong Chong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's Ray Don Chong. Who's Tommy Chong's daughter? I didn't Not know that. Really? Yeah, but uh, he uh, starts trying to pick up on her. She shoots him down and walks away. So the creep begins to follow her, and both of them are followed by Matrix. She gets to her car, and he walks up to harass her a little bit more, and finally fucks up after she kind of yells at him to leave her alone, but not before he calls her a fucking whore, which is very much, I feel like, accurate mm. to way the way the guy would, res- like, uh, res- like that type of guy would respond when being told yeah. that. Oh, 100%. Like, I would like to fuck you. No, thank you, you fucking whore. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... Like, 
That you, do you not know the meanings of words, no. man? No, like, they that's not how it genuinely, works. No. <laughs> that just sounds like I, no. like I was like, man, no. Just like you fucking prude. Be like, mm, all right. Well, at least he's like grammatically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so she's about to get in her car. Matrix grabs her, tells her to get into the car. No, no, no. He he tells her to to, to not move, and then tells her to step to the side. And she's like, "You told me to not move." Uh, she's she's great. That's like the the initial fucking spunk that she's got, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I love it. She calls them on their shit. Is that the only spunk she's gonna get? <laughs> So, uh, uh, easily, easily rips out the passenger seat and then tells her to follow Sully, who's driving away. She asks him if he's going to kill her. He says no. And she's basically like, really? And he's like, trust me, which was deeper than it needed to be. But which I I only mentioned that scene because he I I honestly didn't realize how he says that in, I think, a lot more movies than he says. I'll be back in. Yeah, he does say trust me a lot. Yeah, because it's in this. It's in I'm pretty sure it's in True Lies. It's in Terminator 2. Yeah, um, but it's an eraser too. I think yes, it is an eraser as well. So I'm gonna start counting those movies because that's that's a, that's his line. Anyway, I thought ripping her seat out was a little it's a little rude. Well, he had to get down low. I think it was he, rude. Like I was I'm gonna sorry, say, so he could like, get down low, but like he doesn't actually need to get down low anytime. No, and you also can't really tell like from the outside because he's so large that it just kind of looks normal <laughs> anyway. Which leads to a great moment when she gets in the passenger seat later and she like falls back. It's like I think she does a good job in this movie. She's she's got a lot of more personality. Like he always chooses because I feel like he has a lot of choice of the casting, but she does. She's got more personality than most of the people yeah. in in his movies as far as the females. Oh yeah, she's she's fantastic, and I'm a big fan. Like this character's great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's uh she does a good job in this movie. I just find her comically whiny at she points. she is uh, the second time watching it the first time was fine the, the second time, time she, she was a little was bit fine. the second time i watched it but it doesn't happen until the second time she hops in the car but after it's, the mall it's incident. not like she's out of very like, yeah but it's it's like she's a normal person so that makes sense so but i feel like she's she's not conveying it yeah um <clears throat> So strongly uh, enough, like I almost feel like she's she conveys it comedic. in a comedic, yeah. whiny way to where you're like, <coughs> I could see if you were upset and you were like, Holy shit, dude, you yeah, ruined my life, you've taken over my car. What else could happen to me at this point? But like the way it happens, she's yeah. it's almost comedic. So, uh, they follow Sully into the Galleria, which was the same off from Terminator 2. Which is correct. a fact. Like they, uh, he forces her out of the car, and they follow Sully, who creeps on a few more girls before heading into a restaurant. Because why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're there. Arnold gets honest with Radon and tells her that uh, whose name is I think Cindy, right? Mm-hmm. Tells her that his daughter's been kidnapped, uh, and Sully is the only chance he's got of finding her. And then says that he needs to follow her into the restaurant, or he says that he needs her to follow him, uh, Sully into the restaurant, and tells Sully. That she's crazy about him, so he'll follow her out and Arnold can get his hands on him. She agrees because what the fuck else is she going to do at that point? It's a terrible plan, but whatever. Yeah, that's all you got, you know? Like, she can't really say no, so uh, then she heads, it, heads into the restaurant as we get another shot of Arnold looking at his watch. Once she gets inside, though, she notices the security guard and tells him that she's been kidnapped by Matrix. 
So then we see Sully exchange a briefcase with some dude for money as the security guard goes and checks out Matrix before calling for backup because Arnold is one gigantic motherfucker. But <laughs> we go back to Sully who says that the restaurant used to be a great place for a quote, hunting slash before Radon and uh, yeah. yeah, before uh, <laughs> yes. That's yeah. so fucking gross. Uh, the first time I heard that, I like, I was like, wait, what the fuck did he just say? And then this last time I watched it, I was like, I went through and because I was reading the transcript transcript while I was watching it, and I went through and looked at it, I was like, yep, that's like what he said. Hunting slash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, noticing yep. that Ray Don, uh, he notices her and he approaches her at the same time as security guards approach Arnold. So he begins, Arnold begins fighting with them, which gets the attention of Sully, who dates the shit out of this movie by demanding a quarter from Ray Dunn so we can call Dan Hedaya. <laughs> like, demands a quarter. Give me a quarter! I need a quarter! So Matrix runs over, lifts up the fucking telephone boot that Sully is in, tosses it around, and at least ten security guards jump on him. He gets a yeah! And then tosses them all off him, which was amazing that I didn't notice the first time I watched this. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like a Power Ranger scene or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And then he, uh, the rest of the security guards shoot the guy that Sol- that was with Sully, the other security guards. So Sully holds di- uh, heads down an elevator. Matrix Tarzans his way onto by which like he Tarzans his way onto by using this balloon thing, and then chases Sully in the parking garage. As Ray down follows the or Cindy follows them, and then uh, Matrix gets in- into her car, begins following him, but it's is like kind enough to stop and let her into the car before like continuing. How many security guards are in this mall? So many. They were staffed up that day. So many security guards. Yeah. A lot of them died. A lot of them died? Yeah, well, they all got shot. Or 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 thrown over a balcony. Like Arnold Arnold yeah. doesn't kill any of them, but that one random South American guy shoots some of them, and then Sully shoot, shoots some of them. My favorite so. was the one flirting. Some of them definitely die. The security that was flirting yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a gigantic motherfucker. Do you want to go no, see no, no. beat up Oh, no, wait, no, he's not the one. He's yeah, the one that no. says, yeah, beat up some gigantic yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. That's you want right. to go kick some ass or something? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, something yeah, like something that. Like yeah. That. yeah, you want to see me go kick some ass? I love that Arnold is just, at the beginning of that, just like kind of standing there and being kind of looming and you know, imposing and whatnot, but he's just standing there. <laughs> and then Sully shoots somebody. Sweaty. Or like shoots a gun, and yet they're still going after Arnold. I'm like, shoot, the, the, the guy shot some, like he's shooting a gun. Go after him. Yeah. So I uh, follow Sully, and uh, Ray Dunn uh, kind of screams a little bit. And anyway, she's screaming about like what's going on, but uh, Matrix rams Sully a few times until finally Sully's car flips on its side. While their car slams into a pole, which I love when they slam into the pole and right away he turns to her. He's like, are you all right? Like, like, just turns right to her. Uh, So he walks over to Sully's car, grabs a room key that's in his pocket, and then grabs Sully and demands to know where their daughter is. Sully tells him to fuck off. So the Matrix picks him up while saying, loyalty is not the most important thing in your life right now. What's important is gravity. And then he like holds him (laughs) over a cliff with one arm while reminding him, this is my weak arm, Sully. And so Sully tells him that Bill Duke knows where his daughter is, and if he lets him go, he'll take Matrix to meet him. But Matrix shows him the hotel room key before saying, remember when I promised to kill you last? I lied. And then drops him. Uh, So uh, he walks back over to Cindy, who says they don't have a car. 
He pushes Sully's car back over and they both get in it as she asks, what did you with Sully? And his response is, I let him go. <laughs> no, it's, I had to let him go. Oh, I had to let him go, yes. Um, Here. I had the Simpsons clip, but I can just... Uh, uh, here, watch it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Remember when I said I would eat you last? I lied. <laughs> That's all it is. I was trying to get the whole thing, but... <laughs> anyway. You should watch that episode. It's uh, season 13, episode 12. Alright, let me write that down. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, any thoughts on that last little last part? The, the dropping Sully off? Um, I like when he pushes the car over. Because yes. she's like, we don't have a car anymore. And he just pushes it over. He's like, no, we do. There you go. <laughs> it just moves an entire ass car. Uh, okay, so uh, Bennett and Dan Hedaya take Jenny to the mansion and lock her up in an r- empty room as Matrix and Ray Don show up to the hotel that Sully was supposed to be supposed to meet Cook at, and Arnold checks his watch yet again. They enter the room, begin searching through the place. It always beeps, his, it do- like the timer. It does How always does, beep every... That would yeah. drive me absolutely batshit crazy maybe, if that maybe that's actually... Maybe that's when he checks it. Here's the beep. Oh, like, is it on the hour? Like, does he check it when it's always an hour? No. Yeah, okay. Then I don't know. No, he checks it at like five minutes, 40, for five hours, 40 minutes or something. Yeah, I don't know. He just know. sets it to random times. <laughs> it's just like, remind me of this a couple times. I want it to go off at five minutes and five hours, 40 minutes. Beep. Okay. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they enter the room, begin searching through the place when... Uh, Cook rolls up in what I'm pretty sure is, he has a different car from last the one they sold beginning. Knocks on the door, so Matrix starts the shower and tells uh, Cindy to answer the door and acts like she just act like you know you just finished banging Sully. So uh, she does that. Bill Duke walks in and he and Matrix start fighting. Bill Duke decides that it's his turn to set up Arnold for a line by telling him, "You scared motherfucker? You should be because this Green Bay, this Green Beret, gonna kick your ass." And Arnold Schwarzenegger is like. I eat green berets as part of a complete breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say complete. I know, but, you know. He shut up. <laughs> but, uh, yes. They, they continue fighting before Matrix kicks him to the door that leads into the room next door. We're treated to a little bit of gratuitous nudity. Which, uh, I was talking to my friend about this movie that we're going to do it. And he's like, I'm pretty sure those were the first boobs that I ever saw. Like, cause he's as old nice. as we are. I think he might be a couple older, a couple years older, but he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure those are the first. I was like, oh, good for you. But uh, I think the first ones I probably ever saw were from Total Recall. So There were three of them, suck too. Suck on it, everybody. I got three boobs as opposed to two. You know what's great is if you would have thought that that's how they were for, like, a few <laughs> years after that. Like, oh, okay, well, even it's three. <laughs> and then... <laughs> then you get a girlfriend and... <laughs> Like hand, hand up the shirt, and you're like, "Are you missing something?" Oh, she's a freak. <laughs> Only two boobs. And oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were deformed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think three boobs would be better, though. No, you only have, like you only have two hands. No, no, that's like... that's two with like one each hand, and then your face. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> but where are you gonna put your dick? You know, <laughs> like. Tit fucking becomes very hard. You just go back and three forth. Boobs. It's like... Yeah. Do you wrap it around? I don't know. 
<laughs> you're just at a weird angle all of a sudden. I don't know. Just... <laughs> what? Have you guys never thought of this? <laughs> oh. Um, well, I have. A lot. This is like uh, a... <laughs> It's like a, what are those what are those football exercises where you're jumping in between the the things for the like uh, when they're doing Rudy where he's know. jump like he's like going in between those yard things like I don't know it's going just back yeah. and forth between them uh, anyway yeah <laughs> but yeah like that. anyway I, I just don't think three would be better than two but, I mean yeah I, I gotta agree. <laughs> But okay, so I don't know, ladies. What if a guy had three balls? Would that be better than two? Like, would you be like, oh, three balls? Ooh. No, or absolutely like, yeah, not. Two is like a good amount, right? Two, like, is two. plenty. Mm. Give me those. Two. Definitely That's do plenty. not need more than two. Uh, I got, I got nothing to say. Okay. I, mean, I wouldn't want to have three. Et but... the extra testicle. <laughs> it's a very okay. old joke. Okay, so. Hey. Uh, by the way, the one the, the couple that he walks in on have a video camera in the corner. Yes, yes, they do. Ooh. Which I didn't notice until I read it in I trivia. A few things about this scene. Um, first of all, when they bust through the wall, she's like behind him. I think there's some like pegging going on. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they fire like six shots in the room right next to him. Those people don't give a fuck. No, like, they don't notice a They're loud to make ass, a movie. like three fifty seven revolver. Until like I don't know, it was three fifty seven. Don't quote me on that, you fucking gun nerds. Um, <laughs> until they break through the wall, like the door, which is just like a door. Then they're like, oh my god, you know, like you don't notice that's all those when they notice? that's going on over there. Yeah, they were into some real shit. Maybe they were just really into, it. or they did hear it, and then they were just like, ah, yeah, they're like grow up in the hood. We know what the sound of gunshots they, are. Like. They got yeah. a movie to make, you know. They're right in the middle. Maybe they had their headphones on, like for their playback headphones, for the movie. I don't know. Well, they 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 didn't when they when they came through the door. So I mean, they may have taken them off. At that point. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're like, was that gunshots? Like, let me take off my headphones, and then they bust in through the door. The only thing I laughed about was Cindy being like, "God, these guys eat way too much red meat." <laughs> and then you yeah. had like a whole joke about eating food anyway, and I was like, "Yeah, never mind." Apparently, this whole scene is just about food. <laughs> yeah, she also says something about uh, all those macho bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. definitely kind of a, a wink and nod situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I wrote in my notes, uh, "Too much red meat and macho bullshit is some lines for the ladies." Yeah. <laughs> The the ones that agreed to go to the movie like that yeah yeah go to the, as you do that movie as a date night yeah you're like come on baby let's go watch Commando it's like why okay and then the dude's just like well or the chick I don't you know I'm not trying to you know say oh it's only dudes that are into this movie but uh, for the person who's not really into it watching it with the other person that really is um, I cannot believe yeah. this macho bullshit yeah they're like yeah, yeah. that's right. But also, you know, works well for us because, like, yeah, I know this movie is ridiculous and it's amazing. <laughs> so it's it's glad that they kind of recognize it in the movie. Yeah, and uh, we all get to enjoy it. Yeah. I also I also love when when Cook answers the door and you know he's like, "Where's Sully?" He's like in the shower. Like, who are you? She's like, "Room service." I just think that's <laughs> like that's just yeah. like really great thinking on our feet right there. I, I appreciated yeah. that. I thought she was very clever with that. Well, yeah. the the movie could have ended right there if 
like as Bill Duke a- aims his gun at Matrix and fires, but he's out of bullets. So yeah. then Matrix just starts beating the shit out of him before uppercutting him onto a upside down table that impales him, which kills him. But then uh, Matrix grabs grabs the keys and they start they search the car when, where they find a receipt for a plane fuel depot. And she mentions that she's been trained to be a pilot and they figure uh, out that Dan and is probably keeping a plane at the plane depot in San Pedro. My immediate thought was, man, you got really fucking lucky that that's your hostage. Like, (laughs) it's not even a hostage. She, uh, well, like your, she was at first partnering. She was absolutely 100% a hostage at first. Yeah. You, you got lucky with your hostage choice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah. What if your hostage was not plain savvy? I th- I th- I think he was counting on Bill Duke not or Cook not uh, dying <laughs> as yeah. as like like not impaling him. The the only other person that he could have kidnapped that this receipt would have made sense to was like a tax person that would have been like ah oh, receipt for fuel Like otherwise, <laughs> that made no sense to anyone. And that person wouldn't have been able to help fly the plane later. So exactly, yeah. I'm sure that he fly, he knows how to fly a plane. That's just yeah. a guess, but I mean, he did it in True Lies. Yeah, exactly. You know? You're like they got to that. Yeah, in. yeah. It's a little it's rusty. A little rusty. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they head to the depot. Arnold just pulls the fucking gate open by ripping the chain that's wrapped around the fence of the bike lock. That's. I mean, Buffy does that. Yeah. <laughs> he's got she's that a vampire so slayer. That's different. He's, okay, so is it, he's got the vampire slayer strength, or she's got Arnold Schwarzenegger strength? <laughs> she's got so, Arnold's strength. Yeah. So like, that's what that's what va- vampire slayers. Now you know how strong they are. They're Arnold Schwarzenegger commando strong. <laughs> so uh, he climbs up to the building and manages to sneak his way over to the office. That's probably really accurate. If you if you were to watch all of the Buffy episodes now, like I feel like you could watch like yeah, that's Arnold Strong. Yeah, yeah. and that's that makes perfect. Yeah. yeah, well, he's also it's not just Arnold Strong; he's got dad strength as well. Yeah. so it's like double. <laughs> that's true. Compounds in this in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, he climbs he climbs up into the building and manages to sneak his way in the office where he knocks out a guy that opens the window so uh, Cindy can come in. And they find out that Bennett and Dan Hedaya took Alyssa Milano to an island near Santa Barbara. They then find out that there's a plane at San Pedro before they... But before they head to it, uh, he tells them, we're going shopping. Which, any any thoughts with that last scene? There wasn't a whole lot there. Like uh, Everything just went really well, which I kept waiting for things to go really well. Yes. And they didn't. And then they're going shopping, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun scene. That'd be great if it went to like a like a pretty woman thing after this, like <laughs> like man. Well, next that's what I should have done. Otherwise, like I could have put the pretty woman theme song to them them shopping at the. Remember <laughs> me, big mistake. <laughs> But he says it like. And then, he but says, he says it like all menacingly and shoots. No, no, he says it. He says it like it, he says it in a uh, fucking last action hero. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so they head to their army surplus store and get inside by ramming a fucking tractor through the front of the building, as one does. Yeah, they then begin stocking up on all sorts of like sweet weapons. He manages to open up the back room that just completely fucking filled with rifles and explosives and a rocket launcher. Grabs a couple more things before some cops, so some cops show up and arrest him and puts him like they put him in a fucking paddy wagon, 
and drive off. He, which I don't know what the fuck else to call that. It's a paddy wagon. That's literally what they still call it sometimes. Okay. One super cool thing about this scene is after he rams uh, the tractor, caterpillar, whatever you want to call it, in there. Um, soon as he like jumps out, and soon as his feet touch the ground, the music starts, and it gets really intense, <laughs> and it's super cool. Like I rewound it um, today, and it just like perfectly lines up, and it's great. It's uh, super badass. But how yeah. much cooler would it have been if the Pretty Women theme started up? <laughs> pretty Woman. As they're like going down the aisles picking stuff up? Oh, man. <laughs> okay. so <laughs> uh, My was... other second part of this was you're lucky. Again, you got a flight attendant because she knows how to pack stuff appropriately. <laughs> And you're just yeah. passing off guns to her left and right. And she's like, oh, okay, I can go pack it's, this to where it's efficient. The shopping cart is, like, overflowing. Yeah. And yet she puts it in that back seat, like, super well. It's yeah. uh, I, I certainly couldn't make it all fit like that. <laughs> yeah, it was impressive. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, that is it for part one. We will be back soon with part two. But until then, we ask that you please don't disturb Joe. He's dead tired. Yeah, the party reached up.